just now showed me some pictures of inspiration and that's how I tried to create something based on those inspirational pictures and I was I just uh, was trying to make it like Japanese and at the same time modern and futuristic rain podcast Welcome to Unleash Your Supernova, the two-time award-nominated podcast and companion to the Unleash Your Supernova book, your guide to thrive as a creative entrepreneur. I am your host, Nova Lorraine, award-winning fashion designer, author, founder, as well as award-nominated producer and host, in addition to being a poet, advisor, actor, and mother. Just like an exploding star, we all have the ability to shine millions of times more than the sun, to expand into the greatest, brightest version of ourselves, reaching our fullest potential. Join myself and my inspiring guests as we guide you on a journey of growth, creativity, and manifestation, both in business and life. My guests are creative entrepreneurs from around the world doing what they love while shining a light to others. Today, I am excited to have with us both Mel and Irina, rising stars in digital fashion. Welcome, Mel. Welcome, Irina. Hello. Thank you for having us. And before we dive into the show, I'm just going to share a little bit about Mel and Irina. Mel Thadia is a visual designer who enjoys exploring nature and cultures, using digital tools to translate them into wonderful and curious visuals. She worked as a graphic designer and motion designer while finishing university, but her academic training and her passions lie in film, fashion, and the combination of both. Now she's a visual fashion designer, exploring storytelling through the combination of both film and fashion. She believes that digital fashion is a new way to express oneself in a fun and imaginative manner. Irina Blagochevska, is a fashion designer from Moscow, Russia, with more than eight years of experience. For most of it, she lived and worked for different brands in Bali, Indonesia. She discovered Clo3D during COVID and fell in love with the possibilities of this program and now can proudly call herself a digital fashion designer. Currently, she works as a freelance 3D apparel designer and believes that 3D is going to change the whole process of designing, production, while making it more sustainable. Wow, guys, you guys have a very impressive background and I can't wait to not only dive a little deeper in digital fashion, but to also explore the project that's led you to the show where you've been announced the Supernova Fashion Award winners for the Monte Carlo Digital Fashion Challenge. But before we do that, I'm just going to alert our listeners who's joining us for the first time about the format of our show. So listeners, we're going to do this show into three formats. The first format, we're going to explore how Mel and Irina are unleashing their supernova and tap into the why of what they do. And then towards the middle of the show, Irina and Mel are going to play co-hosts and they're going to take the mic and they're going to ask me whatever question they want. And then we're going to wrap up the show with questions from our listeners. And that will be the format of the show. So are you ladies ready to get started? Oh, yes, sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with Mel. And as you know, with my book, Unleash Your Supernova, where it really 
goes into different aspects of how you can tap into your unlimited potential, right? And explore different strategies of bringing that out. And part of that is knowing the why of what you're doing. And I truly believe that when we have the right why and we feel good about the answer of what we are doing, why we're doing it, that turns into the North Star of all of our projects and goals. And that North Star is what leads us and guides us. So it's so important if we haven't thought about that already in terms of what we're doing or who we're in a relationship with or the career choice that we're making. It's so important to just do a deep dive and just think about why you're doing what you're doing, why you're with the person you're with, why you're choosing that career and so on and so forth. So Mel, I'm going to ask you first, what is your why? Why digital fashion design? So as you know, my background, academic background is in film. And then I noticed around Instagram and everything else that uh, fashion since COVID, fashion shift into more into digital, right? But I see le- not a lot of film people actually get into that. And a lot of people act in my industry, which is VFX and animation, more interested specifically just VFX, animation, and game. And I thought, why not do that, but for fashion and present a fashion in interesting and really fun way. Awesome. That adding makes- like cinematography and everything else. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, we know that fashion film has been on the rise for quite a few years now. And it really can impact the growth of a brand if they tell a powerful narrative through film. And usually these films are short films, right? Like three to five minutes long. And they allow the consumer to really get to know the brand story and, and or the inspiration behind that particular collection for that season. And it brings the clothes to life in a way that a photograph can't always do. And so to be able to recognize where things are going with digital design and combining that with fashion film, I think is super, super smart. Uh, Love that. So Irina, what is your why? Why digital fashion? I know that you discovered Clo3D during COVID and you decided to really go deep into developing your skills there. But why digital fashion to start with? To be honest, I didn't have a choice. I always used to work as a fashion designer, like in a normal classical way. And then when the COVID started, I lost my job and I got stuck in London. And I just didn't know what else can I do. And that's how I saw this close 3D program. And I thought, wow, I really would love to learn to do it. And it just looked like the quality of the clothes. It can be so real. And I couldn't imagine that I can learn it and that I can actually do it. And then the more I was studying, I actually started to just by uh, lessons on YouTube. I was home alone, didn't have much to do. And I was just so inspired. I could stay in front of my laptop for the whole day. And uh, the longer time had passed and the more I was inspired by it. And now I enjoy all the process. I see 
the future is going to be connected to all that. Now the metaverse is coming big, all that cryptocurrency, NFT stuff, and even just the normal process of designing for the regular big brands or companies, it's going to involve 3D design as well. So this is the future. And I don't really want to go back to just a normal like clothes making because I think it's like it's our past day yesterday. So I want to look in the future. I want to look in the tomorrow. I love that. And, you know, what stands out with the responses that you both have shared is the underlining progress that fashion is making, the future of fashion and how it's this very traditional industry is becoming more technical, more digital, to the point of expanding into virtual worlds within the metaverse and incorporating tokenization and cryptocurrency. And a lot of people are just now exploring crypto and the metaverse for the first time. So to be that much ahead of the curve and to incorporate it into your livelihood, I think is really impressive. And I will have to say, I am super excited to have both of you here. As you know that you were selected by myself and my team with Rain Magazine as the Supernova Fashion Award winners for the Monte Carlo Digital Fashion Challenge. And I would love to just touch on that a little bit and why you were selected, but then also have both of you share a little bit about the project and how that came to life. And so the Monte Carlo Digital Fashion Challenge had reached out to the community of digital fashion designers to submit works of their, to showcase their creative ability and technical skills as it relates to 3D fashion design. And these ladies were a part of a fantastic team that shared a mini movie, <laughs> a short film of this spectacular character walking with such grace and elegance. And it was really a mix of futurism and very earthy, traditional oh, like characteristics. It was a, it was a really, really great blend of both modern and historic. And I'm going to stop there and, you know, have both of you explain the project in a little more detail and how you came about bringing this project to life. And then we can go from there. So Kintsugi is a digital fashion editorial film. It's basically an interpretation of the Kintsugi philosophy, which is a beauty in imperfection, that we are more beautiful because of our story and because of our history. Maybe Irina can talk about more about the design. And so just to clarify before Irina jumps, Irina jumps in. So it's the Kintsugi is the yes. name of the film. And yes. you're saying it, the story is about seeing the beauty and imperfection, correct? Yes. And then this Kintsugi is a, the Japanese, it's an art form of, of fixing or I think repairing pottery with gold. Is that it? All right. Yes. Okay. Okay. So broken pottery with gold. Okay. It's coming to me. So Kintsugi. All right. Go ahead, Irina. Just Mel showed me some pictures of inspiration and that's how I tried to create something based on those inspirational pictures. And I was, well, I just uh, was trying to make it like Japanese and at the same time, modern and futuristic. 
Nice. And what stood out to me is the realism that your character had in the film. And one of the things that I've noticed across the board with 3D fashion design, it is really difficult to make the avatar look real, look human. And I think that your team did an amazing job in doing that. Was there a, who was out of the two of you, did either of you have a hand in that? Was there some special techniques that you used to make that happen where your avatar that's wearing this beautiful digital fashion garment looked as if she existed in real life? Yeah, so our purpose since the beginning is we wanted to create something that is possibly exist in real life and even though it's not yeah so i was using maya and jazz for this and substance painter for like texturing got it so it was really the software program that you chose to use that helped you bring this or give it a more realistic perspective yes exactly got it okay okay that's really great so For those that are not as familiar with digital fashion, how would you describe it in your own words? What is digital fashion? Of course, fashion as we know it are physical clothes that we put on our bodies. And now we're saying that digital fashion is a thing. Now we can't touch it. We can't feel it. It's not going to make us warm. It's not going to make us cozy. What is digital fashion? And then I'm going to ask a follow-up question as, why do you feel it's going to become more and more relevant as we move into the future? So let's start there. How would either of you describe what digital fashion is for those that are just hearing about this for the first time? Maybe Irina can answer first since the fashion designer. Digital fashion is something that, I mean, I believe that in the future we all will have our clones, avatars in the metaverse. So this is where people will have to wear something. And at the moment, it's just the beginning, but at the moment, digital fashion is something where uh, fashion designers can open their creativity. They don't have to spend money on creating their outfits or clothes. They just need uh, imagination and knowledge of the software. And that's it. And now what I see um, in the internet, that the designers are really opening up themselves. Even the, if before it's, it had to be maybe a sketch or a painting, now they can really show what they have in their mind by creating realistically looking clothes, which is not something that can be done in the real life even. There is no limits for imagination with digital clothing. That's what I love about it. Yeah, no, I think that's an important point, right? When you're doing digital design, there's a lot less money that has to be put out to bring an item to life. And especially, I am a couture designer. It's extremely expensive to create a sample, you know, of a couture garment. It can be in the thousands very easily, anywhere between three to 6,000 to start when you're just sampling. And... This, the first sample may not be what you want the garment to look like in the final edition of that garment. Yes. And so that yes. process becomes very costly and time consuming. Now, as someone that's very much into being able to touch and feel fabric and experience fashion in its entirety, 
I do believe in the value of physical sample making and production for what it offers, but I also agree with you that there are so many creative designers that don't have the means and they can enter into the industry through digital fashion design and be able to really add value to other brands or designers with their skill sets. So I love that. Mel, did you want to add anything to that? Um, yeah, sorry. I wanted to add that uh, yeah. when I used to work as a fashion designer, I know how much waste it creates when you create the collection. Because mm-hmm. as you mentioned, that until you get the final sample done, there can be up to five samples, which you basically just throw away. So it's time consuming. And um, and yeah, there are a lot of things that you just throw in the garbage. And in digital design, you don't have to do it. You just create one sample. You can redo it as many times as you want. And you don't have to spend at all any money. Yeah, that's a very good point as it relates to sustainability and waste and how you can use digital fashion design to manage waste in the production process and pre-production process. So that's a really good point that you shared. So thank you so much, Irina. I want to ask the two of you as creatives, as designers, and we all have those moments of pre-burnout or we're just tired or we are feeling uninspired. I would like to know what it what do either of you do to stay inspired, to stay charged up, to continually tap into that inner supernova, if I can say. Are there things that you have in your daily routine that you implement that you can share with us? For me, I usually like to take a walk or just travel to new places, looking at um, meeting different people and listening to their stories. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Especially walking. It's such a great activity. And it's definitely one of the most popular mindful activities to stay grounded, to stay present. Most people can walk. I love to run as well, but it's it's a lot harder to maintain that than it is just to just walk and be out in nature and around people. And yeah, love that. How about you, Irina? How do you continue to tap into your limitless potential and to stay charged and inspired? Uh, well, I will agree with Mal that um, meeting new people is inspiring me. And uh, for example, right now I'm in Bali and... I meet so many new people who are also connected to the 3D world. I don't know how how it happened, but it seems like everyone I meet, it's just leading me one step forward. And yeah, it's just, I just love it. And the people is my most inspiration. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So, and you two have an interesting story of how you met, right? Can you share that? Yeah, I already told to Nova that we met online when uh, Mel started to, um, she was looking for something, someone to help with her um, project. I think she found me through Instagram, am I right? Yes. Okay, and uh, so we just connected. Uh, at that time I was in London and I think Mel was in London as well, but we never met. It was COVID times, it was quarantine, uh, everything was locked. And then when we um, when I shared my WhatsApp number with her, she saw that it's a donation number. And she's like, oh, why do you have a donation number? And I said that uh, I spent like, for now, it's been almost eight years since I came to Bali. 
And it turns out that she's from Indonesia, actually. And we still never met before. And we just met a few weeks ago because I came back to Bali and she came to Bali as well. And so you guys met in person for the first time just a few weeks ago. Yes, already yeah. after we won this award, after we worked <laughs> for like a year, I think. Uh, yeah, we met online a year ago. Wow. Wow. That's an awesome story. I'm sure you guys like just ran to each other and just gave each other this huge <laughs> hug. Like, ah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Well, I want to move to the segment of the show where Mel and Irina will play co-host and they're going to take the mics and they're going to ask me any question they'll like. And then we'll wrap up our show with some questions from our listeners. So you guys ready? Ready to host? Co-host? Uh, we can try. <laughs> yeah, we'll try. Oh, you got this. You got this. <laughs> All right. So now you have the mic and whoever wants to ask me the question first, just shoot. Uh, okay, I will go first. Novo, what do you think about the future of Metaverse? I love that question. I am very involved in the Metaverse space right now. And it actually surprises me. I would never have thought years ago that this is where my journey would take me. And I'm going to back up a little bit. My interest really in terms of the tech side started with AR and VR and quickly moved to blockchain technology. And I really wanted to incorporate blockchain into Couture and creating, using blockchain to create more awareness around the art and craftsmanship and as well as adding more value to couture items, seeing them as collectible assets as you would find paintings or antique cars, et cetera, because there's so much art and artistry and time and energy and love that goes into these, these garments. So that blockchain curiosity and, and the more I learned about how we can incorporate blockchain into fashion led me into tokenization which brought me into the metaverse. And I had already been working with cryptocurrency more on the investor side. I was casually trading crypto since, or at least purchasing crypto since 2017, started more actively trading in the beginning of 2020. And 2021 is where I did my journey into the rabbit hole of NFTs, DAOs, and the metaverse. And where I see the metaverse and fashion colliding in the future is continuing to offer opportunities to creatives, to designers that do not have the resources to compete with big brands in the real world, giving them a place of commerce where they can find community, where they can introduce their ideas and collaborate as teams and groups for projects and experiences that will be adding value to this virtual world. If you see the metaverse, there's a couple ways of looking at the metaverse. You have the digital twin aspect of the metaverse and where you can, as you mentioned earlier, Irina, take your clone and go to events, go to the store, have a home, interact in this virtual world as you would the real world. But then there are those experiences in the metaverse that have nothing to do with the real world. And you can see them now within the gaming space, such as Fortnite and Minecraft and Sandbox and Decentraland, 
And these are exclusive experiences that are only taking place in the virtual world. And so you're going to have metaverses, multiple metaverses that are going to serve different purposes. And if there are avatars, may it be realistic, semi-realistic, or completely fantastical avatars, they're going to be wearing items within these worlds and experiences. And that's where the opportunity lies, because most of the fashion that's being created within the metaverse, and it's very limited, are done by technical developers. They're not necessarily done by fashion designers. And to see more creativity enter into this new virtual world is going to be very exciting. So you have the ability to create your own store and or find new customers and or just create for other brands within the metaverse as a fashion designer. Yeah, I can add to it that actually um, the place where I'm uh, sitting right now, this is like an office of the guys. They're also involved into um, AR and metaverse thing, and they're actually building the houses and the whole cities, which will be the exact copy of the real cities. So in the future, people are going to buy flats in, uh, I don't know, some uh, virtual reality, which will also, like the price of this virtual apartment, which you own, will only get higher and higher. So it's also an investment. The metaverse is the place for investment. Yeah, no, that's a really great point that you're making as it relates to land and buildings and experiences when it comes to living and or doing business in the metaverse. I am a team lead for the Metagame Hub DAO. And what we do is facilitate brands and individuals that are interested in onboarding into the metaverse, especially with starting with land purchases and or curation. And then of course, if you have land, you're going to have items that go on top of the land. And our team also facilitates in developing um, value, you know, on top of the land, which will include buildings or homes or whatever experiences that you can imagine. And yes, you make a great point where if you are purchasing land or an apartment or flat today, within a particular metaverse, more than likely it will increase in value in the future. And so if you can imagine experiences and or opportunities that currently exist now in the real world, it will more than likely also enter into the virtual world. So if there's an interest that you have, and then it's a great time to explore how that can be looked at or developed within the metaverse as well. And so I love question. Thank you. (laughs) Mel, do you have a question for me? Yeah. Why do you think we're moving towards more like virtual experience? Do you think it's because of profit or do you think it's just uh, how the world will develop later in the future? Because actually the gaming industry, like basically, for example, Decentraland, right? Where you buy lands and then you go shopping and that kind of stuff actually already existed a long time ago in the gaming industry, right? For example, The Sims. Yeah, and Second Life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So why do you think all of a sudden? Yeah, exactly. I think that's a layered question, and I and it's such an important question as well. I think it's a definitely a convergence of factors. Being, you know, in lockdown for such a long period of time, people turn to the digital world for doing business and for entertainment, and so. 
it normalized going online, having meetings online, finding new ways to communicate, to engage, and to sell. And for more and more people that probably weren't even looking at that at that moment in time. And it created a necessity of having a plan that is free of natural disasters. So a lot of businesses and corporations, you know, were forced to implement these new virtual workflows and teams and use these new communication tools to stay connected and to do business and not knowing what would happen again in the future had implemented it as part of their permanent strategy within their business model. And then on the consumer side, it became a form of escapism. You know, you can't, you know, some people were restricted to stay within their homes. They couldn't go outside or the weather didn't allow them to go outside. And as humans, we are social creatures. So we then turn to the virtual world to continue to socialize in any aspect that we could. I remember my children attending a virtual prom was not exciting. Whoa. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah. How and they do that? everyone got dressed up. Everyone was on. <laughs> there was a DJ definitely did not replace the real thing, but people found ways to stay connected and to socialize. And so you had this wave of individuals that started to spend more and more time online. Then you had the rise of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency coming to the fold where people were becoming instant millionaires with this, this thing called digital currency. And some people thought it would be a fad and it would go away and it just continued to grow. When the economy crashed in March of 2020, a lot of individuals looked at cryptocurrency as a means of an investment opportunity over fiat, over stocks. And then you had more and more individuals putting attention, time and energy, which they had because they were on lockdown, into digital currency and having the time to really learn about this new paradigm. And with blockchain continuing to grow as a force, as a technology that will continue to underline a lot of processes, cryptocurrency gave a use case for blockchain. And where blockchain at the time was sort of this theoretical concept that sounded really cool, hey, you use blockchain technology to create transparency and supply chain management and work practices. And, and But it was still very high in the sky. And then cryptocurrency using blockchain gave it a use case where people were like, oh, this is how it could be used. And then tokenization. Oh, and then further, you know, with these smart contracts entering into the art world with NFTs. So you had more and more use cases and you had stories of overnight millionaires, which is creating the hype around the general public paying attention to this new space. And then you had individuals that were now using virtual technology and social practices as part of their normal routine. So I feel it's really happening because of a convergence of things that where it's all about timing. And I do remember Second Life and other offshoots of these metaverses, these early metaverses, Club Penguin, for anyone that remembers that once upon a time, this technology has been around, gaming has been around, but now we see this spilling over into our real life as it relates to business, commerce, and financial sustainability. 
And when you can tell someone that they can now have an opportunity to support themselves through this new paradigm, through this technology, you're going to have more of an interest in people learning about how they can be a part of this new world. Yeah, you're right. And also, I think I saw that NFT is also a new way for creators to sell and create whatever they want. So they don't have to depend on a company or like, like a client. And that way they can create like what they create for NFT is actually amazing stuff and really creative that you will never ever see unless there's actually an NFT. Yeah, you're right. And what's so interesting is the variety of NFTs, the variety of art. And as we know, art is subjective. And so it's really just finding that community as a creator that really appreciates your form of art and how you're interpreting that. If it's photography, if it's digital painting, if it's GIFs or pixelated art, whatever it is, you know, sometimes it's songs and poetry. It could be really anything. And I think that's what's so exciting is that the creator community has entered into this space and you're seeing more diversity into how the technology is being used and what it's turning into. So it's exciting and it's the sky's the limit as it relates to where we're going with the metaverse, with NFTs, with crypto, and how they're all going to come together. I mean, we're now focused on Web 3.0, but Web 4.0 is on its heels. And that's where we're going to see more integration with voice technology and more engagement, augmented reality and virtual reality implemented into these virtual spaces. Yeah, I agree. And it's more exciting because it's developing so fast, technically kind of like within less than five years, right? Yeah, it's a, I don't know if I should say it's a scary thought, but it's kind of a scary thought how quickly things are moving and how fast they're moving and how wide the interests and categories there are in the space that you can really get involved in. I mean, you have DeFi, decentralized finance. Now you have MetaFi with metaverse finance. And then there's the NFTs, there's DAOs, which are decentralized organizations. And there's so much that's happening and developing. And it's so broad, it's hard to keep up with everything. And so for those that are listening, it's good to sort of find what your niche is, start there. Like, what are you interested in most? Is it NFTs? Is it 3D design? Is it PR or marketing? And then sort of find your way into this new paradigm that way, and then expanding into other areas that you find interesting. Well, I think those are both really excellent questions. Thank you so much, ladies. I love talking about that stuff. I love nerding out (laughs) in the metaverse space. So that was great. And I appreciate that. And I'm going to take the mic back and we're going to wrap up with some questions from our listeners. So Mel, this question is directed to you. What would you say are some challenges for individuals that want to become a digital fashion designer? Irina, could you answer? Yeah. Um, the challenges for the designers? Well, well, you need to have a patience and you need to love it. If you, and probably you need to be good with the different softwares. You need to love computers. If you, there, because there are a lot of fashion designers who just love to create with their hands. And then for those kind of people, this is going to be uh, challenging. But for those people who just love computers, they even 
maybe they are not fashion designers, they don't have fashion design background, but they still can succeed in this field. So the challenge you find is really if you are interested in, you know, really working on computers versus with your hand, you know, like manually manipulating design that way and learning the programs. So I do remember you said you went on to YouTube and you taught yourself Clo 3D. What would you say are, how long did it take you to get proficient just from self-education? Uh, it's a difficult question. It depends what you call proficient, but I can say that my first order I got uh, after two months when I, uh, when I started to learn it. So in two months, I already started to earn money with it. But I still cannot uh, call myself a professional because there is so much more to learn and it's never ending process. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Thank you for answering that. And Mel, this question will be for you. Where do you see fashion film's place in the future as it relates to the metaverse? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I think it will have maybe similar role to what we have with like in the physical world, but even more. As in like because fashion film can be seen as a promotion or can be seen as a statement or like an expression of story. So I think the fact that it's in metaphors, it will it doesn't change what its purpose, but it will expand its audience. Mm, that's interesting. So with the fashion film and the metaverse, they are animated avatars, right? 3D designs versus real life actors that, you know, you're on set filming these actors with the script, etc. You see the the metaverse fashion films sort of just having that same purpose of promoting brands and their stories that are in the metaverse themselves. And I could also see it as the digital version of the promotion of real life brands as well, right? So if let's say free people had their fashion film created with actors and they handed it over to you and Irina and said, hey, I want you to create a version of this for the metaverse, for our event we're having in the metaverse. And I could see that being reinterpreted in the 3D form that would be accessible in the metaverse as well. So I can see both ways, metaverse only, but then also a complement to the actual film that's living now in the real world. So that's a very interesting. Yeah, to add to that, I think maybe in the future it can be a combination as well. Mm -hmm. Like for example, in the VFX industry, we've seen a costume designer that, like for example, in the Avengers, some of the costumes actually made virtually, but the actors are actually real. They design the costume virtually because it's cheaper and it's faster. Mm. And you're saying you're seeing that in motion pictures? Yeah, but I think it will go to like advertisement soon because it's actually definitely doable. It's just slightly more expensive. Right, right. And when you're saying that, I'm sort of thinking of maybe some of the Marvel movies where... Yeah, Avengers. Yeah, where they're using that that concept yeah. to see that expand would be really interesting. Awesome. I mean, the, the interesting part about uh, digital fashion, from my perspective as a filmmaker, is that 
digital fashion can the design can it's not bound by physical form mm-hmm. or like budget it's just only limited by your imagination right, right? so yeah i mean yeah in terms of what you can create right like the materials and how it's going to perform you know we're not having to deal with the constraints of physics in the real world and we can just make up any texture or material in the digital world and have it perform how we want it to perform so yeah that is a really good point and for creatives that are listening one of the things that as a creative the ability to use your imagination and not be constrained is super exciting and i think that alone is going to attract a lot of people into this space i do feel that it's so important that we continue to bridge both worlds because as we've seen in in examples such as ready player 1 to use a virtual world only as a place of escape may not be the best thing for mankind right <laughs> for our well-being and so to find ways to continue to connect those two worlds and in a way that's ethical and serves a greater good i think is something that we are all going to need to be intentional about and find ways to add value to continue to develop this new world this new paradigm in a way that really provides more equality more fairness more opportunity for everyone yeah i agree awesome well that is it ladies that wraps up our show and i really really appreciate having the two of you today Again, congratulations on your win of the Supernova Fashion Award for the Monte Carlo Digital Fashion Challenge. Um you're absolutely stars to watch in this new in digital Well, they can add me from it's uh, close 3D. Close 3D. Okay. <laughs> so it's at close 3D. Uh Meltadia for me. At Meltadia. At Meltadia. There was another handle that was shared. Was that How can our listeners stay in touch with you? Ah oh, yeah it's Instagram it's clothes and then i forgot what it's called like when there is a line at the underscore. bottom yeah. <laughs> yes uh, thank you underscore 3d <laughs> got it and then that's, is that clothes c l o t h e s yes exactly perfect so okay guys if you're listening it's clothes underscore 3d on instagram and at melfadia on instagram so if you want to get in touch with these ladies or support them follow them they are incredibly talented definitely keep up with what they're doing and we're going to continue to obviously hear more and more about them as we continue to see this expansion into digital fashion so i want to thank you ladies again and as always i want to thank my listeners for listening to another episode of unleash your supernova your guide to creativity manifestation and mindfulness And if you have not yet gotten the book, what are you waiting for? Go get it. It is available at all your favorite bookstores. You can go on Amazon, you can go to Barnes and Nobles or Books a Million, whatever suits you, and pick up a copy of Unleash Your Supernova. It's also a great gift for any creative or entrepreneur that you know that's looking to unleash their supernova, to tap into their limitless potential and survive the journey. of creative entrepreneurship. So again, check out Unleash Your Supernova the book and if you loved what you heard today, please subscribe, please share the link with a friend 
and tune in to our next episode of Unleash Your Supernova, the podcast. Thank you again, ladies. And until next time, ciao. Thank you. Thank you.